Happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. Nerd is a new cool. We are here to talk about Memorial Day and talk a little bit about war in media. But first, I'm Justin, and with me as always is my good friend John. And I'm John. Hi, everybody. <laughs> that was good. Good, good way to jump in there at the right time. Um, so we've decided kind of to, to discuss, do a little deep dive on Memorial Day and kind of talk a little bit about where it's from, how it kind of came to be, and there's a lot of different stories about this. Is This was not as easy to research as I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah. I'm, cu- I'm just curious because you did all the research. Well, I was really excited about this episode, and <laughs> yes, I had some were. time in my hands because the school year is over. So uh, my Tuesday nights are the same as everyone else's Friday and Saturday nights. Um <laughs> As all of you fellow teachers will know, of course. Lucky, yeah, it does. It does work out. There are some. There are some. Uh, there are a lot of positives to being a teacher, but this is certainly one of them. So, well, and and let's be honest, you work your ass off during the year. So, yeah, you kind of make up. That's for right. It. Anyone who's listening, I always work my ass well, off during the school year. I guess. I guess you being teachers, not necessarily you being uh, you. The royal you. The royal you. Okay. Yeah. Good save. All right. So first off, let's get into a little bit of uh, Memorial Day nerd facts and just some basic info this was originally known as decoration day hmm. i'd never heard of this before but apparently it was around for a very long time but more on that later this is a federal holiday in the united states that is honoring and mourning the u.s military personnel who have died in the performance of their military duties it is observed on the last monday of may and it was the first time and I guess originally it was observed on May 30th from 1868 to 1970, and then they changed it to yeah. where it's always on a Monday now. It's always the last Monday of May. Yeah. So a little bit of history. And again, it, it it's kind of pops around a little bit, sort of. Many cities and individuals have claimed that, this, that they are the first to celebrate this event. So I kind of put these in order as to who staked, staked the claim as to who came up with it. Um, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs actually recognizes that approximately 25 places claim to have originated the holiday. So is that like Mizzou claiming that we did the first homecoming? But I think that's actually true, though. That is true, <laughs> as far as ever, as far as all of us Mizzou fans. But that would be it's like 25 schools saying the same thing. I, I'm sure there's other schools out there that are claiming that they did it first, too. Probably. So, well, here's the first one. On June 3rd, 1861, in Warrington, Virginia... This was the location of the first Civil War soldier's grave ever to be decorated. And according to the Richmond Times-Dispatch newspaper article in 1906, this was the decoration for the funeral of the first soldier killed in action during the Civil War. His name was John Quincy Marr, and he died on June 1st, 1861, during the Battle of Fairfax, um, the Battle of Fairfax Courthouse, which is in Virginia. And then also in... In July 1862, women in Savannah, Georgia, decorated the graves of Laurel Grove Cemetery of Colonel Francis S. Bartow and his comrades who died in the Battle of Manassas, the first Battle of Bull Run, the year before. Now we go to 1963. 1863. I'm sorry. Yes, 1863. A cemetery dedication at Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, which included a ceremony of commemoration at the graves of dead soldiers some have therefore claimed that american or that that president abraham lincoln was the founder of memorial day so was this the same time he did the gettysburg address i assume i guess so yeah all right oh Uh, it's it's around the same time around the the exact same date okay on july 4th 1864 ladies decorated soldiers graves according to local historians in bowlesburg pennsylvania bowlesburg promotes itself as the birthplace of memorial day (laughs) Here's another one. April 26th, 
1865 in Jackson, Mississippi. Sue Landon Vaughn? Vaughn. 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 Supposedly decorated the graves of Confederate and Union soldiers. On May 1st, 1865, in Charleston, South Carolina, recently freed African Americans held a parade of 10,000 people to honor the 257 dead Union soldiers soldiers whose remains they had buried from a mass grave in a Confederate prison camp. All right, so, yeah, both sides. Um, the United States National Park Service and also other scholars attribute the beginning of Memorial Day practice in the South to a group of women of Columbus, Georgia. Um, the women were called the Ladies Memorial Association of Columbus, and they were represented by Mary Ann Williams, who, as secretary, wrote a letter to the press in March 1866 asking their assistance in establishing geez, that's not a hard word to say, establishing <laughs> annual holiday to decorate the graves of soldiers throughout the South. So that's like a, now this is like a documented, like, origin, basically. Yeah, so, National Park Service says this is, this a, is. And so. they've got the letter. Right. Well, now we go a year after the war <laughs> end, ended, April 1866, four women of Columbus gathered together to decorate the graves of Confederate soldiers. They also felt moved to honor the Union soldiers buried there. And to note the grief of their families by decorating their graves as well. Like I said, so supporting both sides. On May 5th, 1868, General John A. Logan issued a proclamation calling for Decoration Day. So now we're back to Decoration Day to be observed annually and nationwide. And he was the commander-in-chief of the Grand Army of the Republic, also called the GAR, an organization for or of and for Union Civil War veterans founded in Decatur, Illinois. So Logan basically adopted the Memorial Day practice um, that had pretty much begun in the southern states a couple mm -hmm. years earlier than that. Um, the northern states quickly adopted the holiday. In 1868, memorial events were held in 183 cemeteries in 27 states and 336 in 1869. And an author that we don't have the name of claims that the date was chosen because it was not the anniversary of any particular battle. So that's kind of, I think, pretty significant. Like, we're not going to, we're not celebrating a battle. We're just celebrating everyone who has passed and served. Yeah. Um, according to a White House address in 2010, the date was chosen as the optimal date for flowers to be in bloom in the North. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. It does make sense. It's May. Uh, in, eight, in 1871, Michigan made Decoration Day an official state holiday, and by 1890, every northern state had followed suit. There was no standard program for ceremonies, but they were typically sponsored by Women's Relief Corps, the Women's Auxiliary of, of the GAR, the Grand Army of the Republic, which now had 100,000 members. Finally, on May 26, 1966, 1966 now, hop forward almost 100 years, President LBJ designated an official birthplace of the holiday by signing the presidential proclamation naming Waterloo, New York, as the holder of the title. This action followed House Concurrent Resolution 587, in which the 89th Congress had officially recognized that the patriotic tradition of observing Memorial Day had begun 100 years prior in Waterloo, New York. How much did they have to pay for that? I don't know. But <laughs> according to the proclamation, it is now officially from Waterloo, Waterloo New, New York. York. None of which we didn't even mention. We didn't mention all of throughout all yeah. of this stuff. Well, that's what's fun. Just like, by the way, this is actually where the official origin is from. It's interesting. Yeah. So just kind of wrap this up. 
uh, the World Wars, obviously pretty significant, turned it into a generalization day of remembrance instead of just for the Civil War, because pretty much that's what it was always That's, for, what, that's what I was going to say. Like, all of this came as a result of the Civil War and honoring the, like, the hundreds of thousands of, you know, American citizens that were killed yeah, on both you, sides. When you look at all those dates, it's basically the Civil War. Yeah. The name Memorial Day, which was first attested in 1882, gradually became more common than Decoration Day after World War II, but was not declared the official name by federal law until 1967. And then on June 28, 1968, Congress passed the Uniform Monday Holiday Act, which moved four holidays, including Memorial Day, from their traditional dates to a specific Monday in order to create a convenient three-day weekend. <laughs> I like that. I mean, Figures. You know? So it's, I guess probably on the same thing, that's probably when they moved like Labor Day too. I would assume, oh, yeah. That's always on a Monday too. Yeah. And uh, President's Day is always on a... Is that always on a Monday? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, hey, we're we're knocking them out. Got those three-day weekends. It's a, it's a proper way to, to, hey, to remember. It, it's important to remember. Take that extra day of rest. Got to have that extra day. In 1971, Congress standardized the holiday as Memorial Day and changed its observance to the last day of month in May. Two other days celebrate those who have served or are serving in the U.S. military, which is Armed Forces Day, which is earlier in May, and which is, if you don't know what Armed Forces Day is, it's an unofficial U.S. holiday for honoring those currently serving in the Armed Forces, and also Veterans Day, before mentioned, on November 11th, which honors those who have served in the United States Armed Forces. And there was a lot of those posts. I know I, even even my mother posted one as far as like what's the difference between like armed forces day is for people that are serving veterans day is for people that have that have served and memorial day is for people that as they say gave the ultimate sacrifice yep so this year's date may 21st third 20 what what i I just say weird words sometimes i'm glad you're here to correct me i am always here to correct i just you know like all these twos and threes i don't know just words this year's date was may 31st 2021 Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So, so now we're going to get into the fun part. That was fun. That's that's educational. I but think now, it's... now we're going to get into the argument part where we can, can pick our favorites and discuss which is which and which one's better. Well, I enjoy that kind of stuff. I, I like I like this. We've, we've got a... We've got a, we've got a German Shepherd. We've got Please. a giant dog here that is, is distracting me. That's why I'm not saying the right numbers and letters. Um, yeah, that's the ticket. That's, that's why. The ticket. Blaze is just saying hi. He wants to be on camera. Yeah. Okay, so before we get into our, our two choices, and as we always say, disclaimer, didn't necessarily pick the best ones, but we picked the ones that we wanted to talk about the most. Yeah? Yes. I agree. Yeah. So, it, it, and this was a hard choice. Like, there were, I mean, a, a, there were quite a few on this list that we're about to go over that were high on my list of like, ah, do I, which one do I go with? And then I ended up, I asked Megan and... I mean, there's just a shit ton of, she's, of TV she's, shows and movies. She's still, well, I asked Megan, and she, I said, first, I didn't give her any pre- preface or anything like that. I said, when you think of war movies, what's the first movie that comes to your head? And she said, Pearl Harbor. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't even think that's on this list. And, I, and it's not on that list. I was like, okay, what's the next movie that comes All to right. your head? And then she said, Saving Private Ryan. And I said, okay, that's that's better. <laughs> Pearl Harbor sucked, and I love you. Yeah. All right, so we're not going to talk about Pearl Harbor, but we, we'll talk really quickly about some ones that we aren't going to go into super in-depth with. You start. Lone Survivor. So I think both of us saw this. Mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg, Marcus Luttrell. Um, 
in yeah, 2005, ta- like Taliban, like basically like kind of caught behind enemy lines and mm-hmm. having to fight his way out. And it was a, it was an intense movie. Yeah. And, and I think it's a pretty good rendition. I mean, having done some research on it, it does a pretty good job of like, and I think, well, Latrell wrote a book and I think he was pretty involved in the production as well. Yeah, he was. Flags of Our Fathers, which is a film about the world about World War Two, the Battle of Iwo Jima. This one I didn't, I completely forgot. Directed by Clint Eastwood. Yes, I love Ryan Philippe, Philippe, Philippe. Phil, I don't know. Philippe. Yes. Barry Pepper. I can say that one. I'm a big fan of Barry Pepper. I like Barry Pepper. <laughs> I right. I did see this one. I probably only saw it once. It's been a while. Yeah, came out in 2006. Did not see this one. 13 hours. Oh, dude. Come on. This is like John. Wait. This is when John Krasinski basically becomes oh, a badass. You've no, seen this one. I did see this one. Yeah. yeah. No, I got you. This um yeah, this is uh, isn't I, this Benghazi? Yeah. And yeah. I kinda look okay. at this one as almost like it's audition for John Krasinski getting the Jack Ryan role. They saw him in this movie and they're like, he's fucking a badass. That, speaking he's, of that, that needs a next season. But when when's that coming out? I don't know. Hopefully sooner than later. It's great. It's an awesome show. Uh Jarhead. This one is a mind fuck on so many levels. And this one, so this one's got uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is in it. Um, Peter Sarsgaard. Dennis Haysbert. Dennis Haysbert, yeah, who's always great in any war or uh, military film. This one's about the Gulf War. And actually directed by Sam Mendes, too, the guy who directed uh, Spider-Man, like the original Spider-Man. Yep. Yep. Um, This one came out in 2005. I did like that one. Uh, Another one that I haven't seen. Generation Kill. This is like Jana's favorite show. And that's and I Besides, know that and that's why she's probably gonna kill me now. But yeah. That's okay. I haven't seen it either. But, but she just <laughs> she gives me shit about it all the time. Uh this has Alexander Skarsgard. Not Sarsgard. Not Sarsgard. Skarsgard. This one came out in two thousand eight, it was a miniseries. Speaking of miniseries, the Pacific. Yep. This was just on. I was just watching this like last week. It's not as good as the next one we're going to talk about, which is Band of Brothers. We'll talk about it at the same time. I, 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 it's not that it's not as good. It's just different. No, it's not as good. It's, but it's like it's. I mean, I'll go ahead and say it's not as good. But it's like it's. I'm going to take it back to my. This is always the description I like to do. It's comparing Godfather Three to Godfather Two. No, I totally agree. Godfather Three is not even like. It, I mean, it is objectively not as good not even subjectively it is object not as good as godfather 2 but godfather 2 and even one those are the top 10 movies of all time right 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 so uh it's kind of a hard comparison it's it's yeah it's 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 a hard comparison because you're talking about two different theaters of war and we can talk about band of brothers you're talking about europe d-day uh the pacific the island hopping campaign the marines the army so it's they're two vastly different yeah, styles because the style of fighting was different in both of them, and like yep. one was a little, one was a lot nastier and grittier. Well, not to say that neither of them were, but like the island hopping campaign in the Pacific was horrible. Yeah, um, it's pretty fucked up. So, so yeah. I, but, and but it had, I mean, it has a lot of great people in it. It's got I'm, Joseph Mazzello, who, if you don't know who that is, he's the guy he's, from the kid from Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rami Malek, who we all know who this like dude is now. One of his first things he it's ever did. It's one of the did. first things. He's yeah. so good in that. Yeah, yes. Uh, and then Band of Brothers, though. That's I mean, Damian Lewis is just freaking phenomenal in this, in Homeland, and the new show Billions. Not even a new show anymore. Um, Ron Livingston. I love Ron Livingston, especially from uh, Swingers. Office Space. And Office Space, of course. <laughs> and Donnie Wahlberg, you know. Yeah. Donnie. I mean, and Donnie let's be G honest. Ready, ready. Like, if we, if we were going to do it on... If we were going to open this up because we limited this to movies, if we were going to open this up to anything, I, I would have 
Either you or I would have chosen Band of Brothers yeah. in a heartbeat. Right. So that one came out in 2001. Pacific came out in 2010. The Patriot. Yep. One we could have we could have touched on. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Bra- Braveheart in America. <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. Uh, it's directed by Roland Emmerich, if you didn't know that. I and did not know that. It came out in 2000. Zero Dark Thirty, one that we kind of already talked about, so that's why I was, eh, I wasn't really going to choose that one. But surprised to see it on a few lists that I, when I was doing research, as far as like, yep. you know, what they consider the best war movies, war movies. This was on the list, as was the next one, American Sniper, Chris Kyle, Bradley Cooper. Well, directed by another one, directed by Clint Eastwood. Bradley yep. Cooper plays Chris Kyle. Yeah, came out in 2014. I, there's a lot of movies that are directed by Clint Eastwood that you just forget that he directed. Because he's just kind of... He's done a lot of stuff. He's done a lot of shit. He's, and, he's, and he's never going to die. He's going to live forever. Knock on some wood. Uh, Black Hawk Down is one of my favorites. This one's directed by Ridley Scott. And it's got... This was a good one, yeah. Josh Hartnett, Ewan McGregor, Tom Sizemore, who we'll talk more about in a little bit, yes, and Eric Bana. Yes. This one's about the Somalia and, and the, uh, the Black Hawks that went down, basically. In mean, like 92. It was early 90s. I can't remember when yeah. that happened. Oh, we did. Hey. Pearl Harbor did make the list. All right. Well, we don't need to talk about that anymore. Pearl Harbor. Michael there are a Bay. lot of people in that movie, though. There are. Josh Hartnett, Ben Affleck, Kate yeah. Beckinsdale. Just not a very good portrayal of no, it's, Pearl Harbor. It's it's the it's the Armageddon version of Pearl Harbor. Of a war of a war movie. Um, oh, it's the it's it's a Michael Bay movie. It's a Michael Bay. Yeah. I mean that's what it is. That's why I said Armageddon, you know. Full Metal Jacket is one that is, fantastic. is a, a fantastic classic. Stanley Kubrick, Matthew Modine, Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, R. Lee Ernie, I wanted to put him on there. He's the drill sergeant. Love him. Uh, this one came out in 1987. I thought it came out late or earlier than that. I didn't realize no. it was that. No. I mean, it's pretty recent. Well, and R. Lee Ernie, he was, a, he was originally just brought on as a consultant. Yeah. And then they liked him so much, they cast him in the movie. Yeah. And that kind of jump-started his career, because he's in a bunch of other stuff, too. He well, until basically he, plays a drill sergeant until in every he, film. Uh, until he passed away. Yeah. Another one, Iraq War, Hurt Locker. Great mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Renner, one of his first ones. I, and I forgot Anthony Mackie's in this movie. Yes, and, a young Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Guy Pierce, directed by Catherine, Catherine Bigelow, who also directed um, mm-hmm. Zero Dark Thirty. Mm-hmm. That one came out in 2008. Platoon is these next, these next few are like old school classics, along with Full Metal Jack, but this is even going back a little bit further. Right. One year earlier, two, 1986, Platoon. Oliver Stone directs it. It stars Charlie Sheen, Tom Berenger, um, Willem Dafoe, Keith David, who's awesome as well. Just, just a really. I mean, that's if we're talking like best war films of all time. These ones were high on this the list. One's, this that, one's up there. This is top five, I think. Yeah, but so I think, and we talked about this, well, off air. We're starting to get into films where like you see them once, but you don't. It's not like you're going to plan your Saturday night to say I'm going to watch Platoon tonight because that sounds like a yeah. fun. That sounds like a good idea. That's a fun date night. Let's watch Platoon. Or yeah, or or the next one, Hamburger Hill. <laughs> Another. So all these are we're going to run on Vietnam, right? So about ten years after the war end, the war ends, then the movies start coming out. Yeah, and so Hamburger Hill is is one that's got Don Cheadle, Dylan McDermott. It came out in 1987. It's about a, ba- a specific battle in Vietnam, and it's I mean it's fucking gruesome. I've never seen it. It's have not seen this gruesome. one. No. This have you seen this next one? I honestly don't know. Michael J. Fox, Casualties of War. It's again Vietnam. Vietnam came out in 1989. 
but it's got a really crazy twist on it. So they're just kind of going through the war and they raid a village and then they do some, this, the American soldiers. It's a really great depiction. Great's not the right word. It's an honest depiction on, on how some of the soldiers treated some of the, the locals and people they may perceive to be evil or bad, but not necessarily were. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I don't know, you know, like Michael J. Fox is the good guy. Sean Fenn is kind of the in-between slight bad guy. Directed by Brian De Palma, who's a pretty well-known director. So Casualty is a War, 89. Just a, a little bit. Good one. 1978, Deer Hunter. This was number one on a lot of the lists that I was researching. Yeah. Again, Vietnam, Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken, Meryl Streep, John Cazeal? Cazell? Yeah. yeah, he's you know who he is? He's the... Uh, I don't know he's, who he's, he's, he's Fredo. Oh, Oh, okay, gotcha. This dude, his dude popped off Godfather, Deer Hunter, Dog Day Godfather Afternoon, Godfather Two, Dog Day Afternoon, Bam. in like five years. And if he passed away real early, but like that's a fucking that's a hell of a run. It's a pretty good run. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so Deer Hunter is a great film, but it is like you said, it's not one of those that you're not gonna. It it, it is the most psychologically disturbing film of this whole it, list. It really because it's about you know. <laughs> guy being t pow camp being taken prisoner and there's a lot of flashbacks and like it, it kind of really gets you into the mind of it's like like what a vet like what ptsd exactly what veterans people go even through. knew what that was exactly that's exactly what's going on apocalypse now the next one 1979 speaking of uh people love the smell of napalm in the morning <laughs> losing it a little bit so this one's directed by francis ford coppola and it stars sheen martin sheen marlon brando and robert duvall it's Apocalypse Now. Yeah, we already talked about it. It's good. MASH. Go see it. Ma MASH the movie. Well, and MASH the TV show. Both, yes? Yes? Yeah, but MASH the movie is a little bit more... Um, it's not quite as like humorous. No. It's got, it's got some humor to it, but it's a little bit darker, and the show definitely kind of went a little more positive. Yeah. And really kind of leaned, leaned into the humor more. Also got Robert Duvall, but Donald Sutherland, Elliot Gould... Tom Skerritt, yeah, from Top Gun. From Top Gun, that <laughs> uh, yeah, came out nineteen seventy. Uh, Gettysburg is a pretty great one about Gettysburg, of course. It stars Tom Berenger, Jeff Daniels, and Martin Sheen again, and it came out nineteen ninety three. And Born on the Fourth of July, Tom Cruise, Oliver Stone, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, we'll, we'll maybe bring that one back for a future episode. Could possibly. So if we left some off, which I know we did. We did. Let there's, us know. There's a lot more. And out we'll there. maybe name drop those later on. But now to the categories and the movies we're going to be talking about today. Glory and Saving, Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the summaries first. Glory. So this is according to IMDb. Uh, Robert Gould Shaw leads the U.S. Civil War's first all-black volunteer company fighting prejudices from both his own Union ar Army and the Confederates. And it debuted... February 16th, 1990. And this one, I mean, they're both kind of based on a true story. This one is based on a true story. Same Private Ryan is not. Same Private Ryan takes place, obviously. It says it is, but I don't know. Does it really? How. But, I mean, so, like, you can take you can take a story and use 1% of it and make up the 99%, okay. and it's based on a true story. So. Well, Robert Gould Shaw is a real person who exactly. wrote letters Yes. to his parents and that gets kind of depicted in the film a little bit yes but it's not as accurate that the whole battle and what happens to him and everything it is that's accurate. that's what happens yeah 
but there's a lot more that happens before he takes over. Like it's almost as if the film takes place when he's finally decided to make the decision to take on the the first black company. He didn't want to at first, and there's a whole like series of letters of him basically bitching and moaning about it. That's not something he wanted to do, but eventually he came came to terms with it and like really embraced it. He didn't want the responsibility. Yeah. Anyways, <clears throat> Saving Private Ryan, IMDb description. Following the Normandy, la- Normandy landings, a group of U.S. soldiers go behind enemy lines to retrieve a paratrooper whose brothers had been killed in action. And it came out July 24th, 1998. So we've got some new category titles. And, uh, you know, just to kind of spice it up a little bit. So the next category we ca- we're calling Bullshit Rankings. Yeah, because so, it is bullshit. All these fucking ranking sites, but we got to do, you know, it gives us a good baseline. Glory, Rotten Tomatoes, 93%. IMDb, 7.8. Saving Private Ryan, also 93%. Rotten Tomatoes, 8.6. IMDb. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll give that one to Saving Private Ryan because of the IMDb. By a hair. And, and you know, the IMDb is usually takes into account more user scores. Like, yeah. Like, like individual. Well, and Rotten Tomatoes has two different scores. It's got a critic score and an audience score. Right. So, right. Anyways. And they average it out. The next category we'll call the Tarantino Award for Best Writer. Maybe we'll switch up the writer later on, but Tarantino is the best writer I can think of. He's a pretty good writer. He's got some pretty bizarre stuff. Anyway, this isn't the Tarantino show. This is the Tarantino Award. Glory. The writers for Glory were Kevin Jarre, Jarre, who wrote the screenplay. He also wrote Rambo, First Blood 2. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't get that out without laughing. (laughs) Tombstone, The Devil's Own, and The Mummy. And it's also based on uh, Lincoln Kirstein and Peter Burchard, who wrote the book. And Saving Private Ryan was written by Robert Rodat, who also wrote The Patriot, Falling Skies, and Thor Dark World. Arguably, what, the, the, the worst MCU movie? Yeah, it's ranked, it's not for, that one or Hulk. I think uh, that one or Hulk were they're pretty low ranked. They were at the bottom of our yeah. rankings, I'm sure. So I think Thor and Rambo kind of knock each other out there. So the question is, does Tombstone supersede the Patriot? And I would say yes, it does. I would say yes, it does too. So that we got to give that one to the first, our first Tarantino Award winner, Kevin Glory, Kevin, Kevin, and Lincoln and Peter. Congratulations! Next category, we're going to call this the Spielberg Award for Best Director. Ba- super basic with my titles this time. We'll get more creative. Well, it's just on. it's just odd. But I mean, I mean, think about it though. Like, what? is there is there a okay? There's probably you could probably name ten directors off the top of your head right now. I mean, probably more. But like, that you could argue, you could actually have an argument with someone about who is the best director of all time. And Spielberg is going to be the, one of the first ones you say. Don't don't get Waka in this conversation. Jesus, he'll go off the he's not allowed the fucking deep end on well, this one. We're calling it the Spielberg Award for all best right. director for Glory. We have Edward Zwick who directed Legends Under Fire. Courage Under Fire, The Siege, The Last Samurai, and Blood Diamond. So those aren't bad flicks. They're not. Last Samurai, Blood Diamond, not bad. But no, no. Saving Private Ryan, Spielberg. Spielberg directed this. So I think it's fitting Should that Spielberg... I, can, I, can I drop the mic? Spielberg <laughs> wins the first <laughs> the Spielberg Award for directing. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, that's so that's why we're calling it this. It's true. Okay. All right. So let's get into our categories. So, so far it's what, uh, two to one, right? Yeah. yeah. Best main characters. This is going to be hard. We might have to really duke this one out here. Glory. Matthew Broderick as Robert Shaw. 
Denzel Washington, Private Trip. Carrie Elways or Els? I always say Elways. I always say Elways. All right, too. cool. We're just going to leave it at that. As Major Cabot Forbes and Morgan Freeman as Sergeant Major John Rollins. Wow. And then we have Saving Private Ryan, Tom Hanks as Captain Miller, Tom Sizemore as Sergeant Horvath, Edward Burns as Private Ryben, Barry Pepper as Private Jackson, Adam Goldberg as Private Mellish, Vin Diesel as, Fri- as Private Caparzo, Giovanni Giovanna Rabisi as Wade, the medic, and Jeremy Davies as Corporal Upham. Yeah, and I, I know him from Lost, basically. I don't know him from anything. Yeah. Well, well in, I know him from this. He's in Lost. That's all I got. All right. So, best main characters. This is going to be a hard category. We're going to argue about this one, I think. Well, we'll maybe, maybe not. We might actually agree, but... We'll see. Glory. Main characters are Matthew Broderick plays Colonel Robert Shaw. Denzel. I don't even need to have a last name. Denzel, Denzel. plays <laughs> Private Trip. Carol Elways. Elways as Major... Cabot Forbes and Morgan Freeman plays Sergeant Major John Rollins. And now for Saving Private Ryan, we have Tom Hanks as Captain Miller, Tom Sizemore as Sergeant Horvath, Eddie Burns as Private Ryben, Barry Pepper as Private Jackson, Adam Goldberg as Private Mellish, Vin Diesel as Private Caparzo, Giovanna Rabisi as Wade, the well, medic Wade, <laughs> and Jeremy Davies as Corporal Upham. And I know him from Lost. And I don't. And I you know, don't know him from Lost because I never saw. You Lost. don't know who this guy is. You know him from this. I know him. From you know this. him as Upham. He's Upham. Okay. Uh, well, what are your initial thoughts? This <laughs> didn't take too long. All right. My initial, like, my, so I lean Glory. Do and you? It, okay. And it's because of, and it's really because of. It's because of Denzel and Morgan Freeman. It's not to take anything away from Matthew Broderick or anything away from Carrie Elways, but when you look at the the star power and the longevity of the of those people, uh, of the people listed in Glory, those two have it. And then when you kind of compare that star power longevity, kind of it's Tom Hanks scale, and that's it. it's Tom Hanks. So you could even say, like well, let's could, just say Tom Hanks and Denzel. They, they cancel each other out. And you could say, like, I mean, Vin Diesel's been in a ton of shit. Okay. Let's say Morgan Freeman and Vin Diesel cancel each other. I, I, I don't think I don't, they but, but do. I don't think, you, I don't think you understand how fucking big these Fast and Furious fucking movies are. Oh, they're huge. <laughs> Megan is obsessed I with I know. Them. It's a whole nother. It's a subculture. It's a subculture that we're not in. But we have to acknowledge I'm kind of, I'm, how I'm proxied in. Sure. But I, I don't think I don't. Okay, I've not seen them all. Let's so say though they cancel each other out. Now we're talking Matthew Broderick and Kat Carey Elways, two actors that I think are in, at least for our age group, two of the most like groundbreaking, uh, memorable like coming of age films. You've got Ferris Bueller's, uh, Ferris Day, Bueller's Day, Off Day Off and The Princess, and the Princess Bride. Bride, right? And, yeah. and you can't say that about any of these other actors. Giovanni no. Ribisi, you can basically attach him to like Gone in sixty seconds or like Gone in sixty seconds, Boiler Room. He's in that show Sneaky Pete, which is really good. Yeah, Jeremy Davies. I don't know anything he's in except for Lost. Obviously, Adam Goldberg was in Dazed and Confused. Yeah, and, and I, now listen, and Bert, he was in Barry Pepper is pretty great. Tom Sizemore. Okay, Barry Pepper I, was also in one of the worst movies of all time. Which what? Which is what? Battlefield Earth. That, that one is not very good. You're right, but he also but he was in sixty one. He was in 61, and he was he's good in, in that. And he's good in he's this. He's other things, too. I, I like him in this. I do like him in this. And, you know, I, Ed, Ed we're, we're kind of we're brushing over Tom Sizemore, too. No, I'm not I don't, brushing over Tom I mean, if we go through Tom Sizemore's, like, filmography, he had about 10 years where he was in everything. But that he's was killing huge. it. I mean, this, obviously, this is kind of 
wraps up a little bit. But he was before a, this, he was in Wyatt Earp. We just Wyatt talked Earp, about that, right? A lot. And Tom Sizemore is fucking intense. And, and I got some more questions about Tom Sizemore later on. So let's even just say Tom Sizemore knocks out Kerry Elways or Matthew Broderick. Ty, I still think that the firepower with the, with the fourth person remind, remaining takes over the rest of Saving Private Ryan. We basically talked for a long time to both agree that Glory wins this category. Well, I mean, we broke it down for, for, for you guys. For the guests, for but, the listeners, um, for the watchers. The listeners, watchers, right. whatever. Saving Private Ryan, we tip your cap. Tip our cap. Glory wins. It's by a nose. Close. By a nose. Very, very close. This is going to be a different conversation. These next two categories, best secondary characters. All right. So we've got Glory. We've got Andre Brower, who plays uh, Thomas. And if you don't know who Andre Brower is, he's in a whole bunch of stuff. But most recently, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's awesome in that. Too. He's so good in he's Brooklyn so Nine-Nine. Good in Brooklyn if you haven't watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I'm just telling everyone listening. You need to watch it. Pause this. Go watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Come back when you're done because it's fucking great. It's way better than you might expect it. I didn't think it was going to be good. I thought it was, oh, gonna it was the stupidest oh, show in the oh, world. Oh, it was fantastic. And like three episodes, I'm like, this is brilliant. Anyway. It's good. John Finn plays Sergeant uh, Major Mulcahy. Mulcahy? Doesn't matter. Um, Donovan Leach Jr. plays Captain Charles Fessender Morse. These are fun names. And Bob Gunton plays General Charles Garrison Harker. And if you don't know him, he's yeah. the warden from Shawshank. Got it. Kind of a kind of a kind of a kind, kind of a badass. Always a bad guy. Kind of a <laughs> plays it well. Kind of a big movie that you probably saw. Yeah. Saving Private Ryan has Matt Damon as Private Ryan, Ted Danson as Captain Hamill, Paul Giamatti as Sergeant Hill, and Dennis Farina as Lieutenant Colonel Anderson. And we know who wins. I mean, secondary. you had me at Farina, quite frankly, but you know, the you had three, me. At, you had me at Damon. Yeah, yeah, with Damon, <laughs> that wins no matter what. But but then the other three, it just oh, it's, it's insult to injury. Dennis Farina, is there a better moment in film at uh, Get Shorty? When he when he, he walks, goes, he goes, "Come here." Makes the cab move up like three feet. <laughs> all right, sorry. Uh, all right, same Private Ryan. You win that one, three to two. Best deep cut characters. Glory. J. O. Sanders plays General George Crockett Strong, and you may know him as like the the partner in Day After Tomorrow when they go hiking. Remember that through the snow? Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. He falls through the glass. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I yeah, got yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, Richard. Uh, Ryle as the quartermaster, know, who we know as the jump to conclusions, conclusions. Matt <laughs> guy in office space, and uh, Spakowski. I think that's his name. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. I have a people person, <laughs> and Mark Morgulis as the tenth connector. Wait, tenth Connecticut soldier, who you may know him from Ace Ventura. Ventura. Oh yeah, yes, Satan. Yes, yes. <laughs> also uh, plays To. Uh, Salamanca from Breaking Bad and from uh, Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul, thank you. Saving Private Ryan. Andrew Scott as the soldier on the beach. Mm-hmm. He was in Sherlock. Nathan Fillion as the fake Private Ryan, Minnesota Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan Hurst as he's a, so young in that movie, by the way. He is really young. And he's All of these guys, but Nathan Fillion is the one that is, is the most noticeable. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Well, maybe some of maybe someone who's next. Uh, Ryan Hurst is a paratrooper. Michelson, he was also in Remember the Titans, Sons of Anarchy, and The Walking Dead. And he's the guy that can't hear. Yes. <laughs> Brian Cranston, who also looks very young in this, yeah. was the War Department Colonel. And Leland Orser as Lieutenant DeWind, and he was... He was the guy. He was in seven. I know exactly who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, we don't even need to talk about that scene. Yeah, we're not going to. We're not going to talk about that. But scene. One of the worst scenes in seven is this guy. Is this guy? Uh, well, I don't think there's much argument. I think 
just Nathan Fillion, Ryan Hurst. I mean, just Brian Cranston Brian alone, really. Cran- uh, Brian Cranston. Takes I mean, the other the other three in Gloria are great. They're very good in their own right, but they're not like leading leading actors in, in major movies or shows. Which I definitely Nathan Fillion and Brian Cranston are. So. Yep. All right. Saving Private Ryan takes it. Now we're going to get to the music award. We're going to call this the John Williams Award for Best Music. Sound good? I got it. Okay. Glory. Now, Glory's composer names James Horner. This is a this is a hell of a lineup here. Composed Rathacon, Forty Eight Hours, Search for Spock, Cocoon, Aliens, Willow. These are just some of the ones I pulled out of there. There's a lot. It's a longer list. Field of Dreams, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Apollo Thirteen, Jumanji, Titanic, and A Beautiful Mind. That's a pretty freaking that's hell of a list, isn't it? That's a lot. Okay. So that so there's James Horner. <clears throat> and Saving Private Ryan was scored by John Williams. <laughs> yeah. Alright. <laughs> and he who, did, did, who did he compose? He what did, did he compose? just those Star Wars movies and Jurassic Park movies and Superman and Indiana Jones movies and yeah. and that's and again, you could probably pull a list like this because he's done a lot more than just those 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 are just the ones that are the most iconic those are the big and i think that those just those four scores alone any of one of those four scores i mean those were like in the top 10 scores of all time probably top five those four probably in the top five and so all right john williams is going to win the first john williams award as well for music as well he should as he should all right let's talk about scenes so, so, by the way, so far, same part, Ryan, if I'm keeping score correctly, they're up like 4-2, to 5-2, to two, something like that. I'm not even paying attention. Yeah, they're kind of a little bit of runaway here. Scenes centered out there. There are some pretty great scenes in Glory. Uh, and I, I kind of keep this, kept this pretty basic. And if you want to add more in, please do. Just the opening scene, the, the Battle of Antietam. Yep. That is, he's, you know, it's kind of a really great depiction of what happens in war. It's just complete chaos. People are falling and dying all over the place. And he... Kind of gets shot, sort of like a ricochet, but then he just pretty much just he lays on the ground, and just falls asleep. I was, yeah, I was just gonna say. Dude, I mean, I don't yeah. think he falls asleep, but he basically passes out for the most part. No, I think he fell asleep. One of the two, but I'm sure it's just like I was when I was watching. I was like, it must be just physically and mentally just so draining and overwhelming that your body may just fucking shut down. Well, and it was it was his kind of it was his first exposure to like, well, okay, the first exposure in the movie, you know in in two war so like it helped him like when he when he gets the regiment and he starts mm-hmm. to train them like you can see it's like these guys need to be ready because they need to know what it's like and he's learned these from experiences like it's not as easy as just being an officer and being like i'm just a badass i was or, great in school or and like, now it's, I'm gonna it's be, not as it's not well a, it's not as easy as taking 10 seconds to aim your shot and then shooting where he's like where he's like has the gun and he's he's like yeah. firing behind the guy's head being yeah. like reload faster reload faster reload faster keep yeah. going keep going keep going faster faster it's like yeah this is what it's going to be like guys it's not just going to be you know sunshine and daisies <laughs> and no one's going to be shooting back at you yeah Anyways. so that's a good good way to set the tone for the film the next scene it's kind of a series of scenes it's pretty much when broderick pretty much uh, for the most part wins over his his company Right, mm-hmm. uh, and I think people kind of start understanding. It's almost like he himself is can, is finally at that point where he's flipped the switch. Like, I need to be better for these men. Well, because he wasn't quite he wasn't quite sure how he should lead them. Right. So the whole part is is 
he won't he won't he won't accept payment because they're not they're getting paid ten bucks instead of thirteen bucks. Instead of thirteen, yep. The issuing of the shoes and he goes to 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 fight to battle for him. I mean, not literally, he, but he trashes that guy's place. Yeah, gets yeah. shoes for all of them. Um, and that kind of gets ties get, on a yeah. little bit with Denzel. Like, the, the whole catalyst, this whole thing, is Denzel having to get flogged, and oh, he ran off because he didn't have shoes. Yeah. Oh, I better get he my man's shoes. What he, the fuck? He wasn't trying to desert. He was fine. He was trying yeah. to find shoes. And then he doesn't. He doesn't accept payment, and finally they get uniforms. It's like okay, now we're now we're rolling. Yep. Next scene, I think, is the it's the first battle. They they get thrown in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was just a really I don't know. It's a, it's a, just a it's just a cool. The whole movie, they do a lot of lining up and shooting, and finally they actually do what I think, you know, now modern warfare is they actually run and fucking fight each other, as opposed to like the the honorable the, marching the, and and just shooting from at each other. Yeah, whatever it is, marching in a straight line right at right at them, and just standing there while you get mowed down, and then the next row shoots again. Yep. Anyway, they actually go fight with the bayonets, and then lastly, the the ending scene, the entire Fort Bragg uh, attempted invasion and. It wasn't Fort Bragg. Oh, what was it? I can't remember. Sure? Fort, Fort Bragg is an actual like that's a, like a military base right now. Oh, well, it's Fort. It was like Fort Wagner. Fort Wagner in Virginia. Yeah, something like sure. that. Sure, it's on okay. the coast. I don't it's know on the coast. Well, it was never taken. That was no, the, that was the ending. Yeah, it was never taken. So that entire scene, and like I said, the the ultimate demise. Spoiler alert of the entire, basically the entire. Uh, well, like, ha- well, the, the like little footnote at the end said half of them. Right, but all, like all the, all the main characters get killed. Half of the battalion dies. Yeah, that's yeah. you know five hundred people. So those are my favorite scenes from Glory. Do you have any to add? Probably just the one that I mentioned, um, where when they first get the rifles, and the guy who well he I can't remember I don't know he kind of stutters a little bit mm-hmm. and he, he's he's pretty religious and he's turns out to be a crack shot. Where he's like shooting bottles and they start betting on it. They're shooting bottles and then, you know, Matthew Broderick comes up and he's like, "All right, reload, faster." And he's shooting, in the and, he sh- yeah. and then he gets out his pistol. He shoots him in the air. It's like, and then he looks at Carrie always and is like, "These guys need to be ready. They're not ready. Right. Make them ready, because if we put them, if 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 it's going to be like this, we're just going to get slaughtered." Because I've I've been there. I've seen it. I know what to expect. They need to know what to expect. What a long process to fucking load that gun to. <laughs> I mean, well, and they, that's what they said. Like a, a ten-step process, good, they got to pull in, pour in the gunfighter, good <laughs> smash ri- down. He said a good rifleman can get three shots off in a minute. And now you think about how many shots with a high with a with a with a high capacity mag and a full auto gun. How many shots can you get off in a minute? Well, let's hundreds. I think that's, I think that's a good transition to scenes for Saving Private Ryan because that's <laughs> we get to see this the complete opposite of like just intense, high intense battle scenes. Uh, yeah, so just the opening, however many minutes that was, I don't even know how long it was because you're just kind of, you're just kind of get wrapped up in it, the D-Day scene. Yeah. Just absolutely intense. And, I, and we'll, I'll go into this a little bit more, like personal feelings, personal thoughts on, on this later, but just, just that whole scene. The yeah. whole sequence from like when they when they land, like when they're on the boats when they land and then eventually I think it's like look at that site yeah what a site and then and then they get the mission and then they go it's like that whole like thirty minutes or however long it takes to do that it's just it's intense you can't you can't not watch. you are on the edge of your seat and mm-hmm. people and 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 honestly what I think is so well done about it is the besides the realism 
just the moments that you you maybe don't think about when you watch other television shows and movies people are you know you've got your your group and they're advancing and people around them are dying and they're still advancing in this one every place he goes he's talking to like the the operator guy and he's and all of a sudden the third time he pulls him over and he's fucking had his head shot off yep. like and, and, and just that keeps happening like the guy that loses his helmet well yeah puts he, it on he goes oh like, crap good thing and he takes it off and gets like, shot in the like, head like, like, he gets shot in the head and it, like ricochets and he's like oh man he's like hey you're lucky and then he gets and, and then, then he's, he's immediately dead right and then he's that. dead it just, it just like, it keeps know. happening the entire whatever Everywhere. it is 30 minutes right so yeah that d-day scene um so when they find out the the, the what I call it the Abraham Lincoln letter. So when they find out that three of the three of them have died and whatever they, you know, it goes up the chain of command and then eventually it goes to the general, and you know they're making the it's like we're not going to do this. He's probably dead. Like yep. if we send some people after him, they're just going to die. And then he he reads the, you know, the letter from Abraham Lincoln where he was you know sent it to a, a mother who lost five sons in the civil war and, and just he he had the letter memorized and this is the moment that essentially is the catalyst for the actual the mission mission right yep the mission so i liked um i like that one uh the scene uh, was just like Caparzo's death just that whole scene i mean it's 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 unfortunate but just the whole like berry pepper and sniper and everybody staying down and mm-hmm. um just kind of the it's intense in a different way where it's like hurry up and shoot him hurry up and shoot him so they can get to them because nobody can go help him because he's he's they're all in the line of fire and if they go out there and help him you know sniper's just going to get them too yeah so it's just kind of that that helpless feeling of he's right literally right there 10 feet away and and i just watching him i can't do it you're watching him die i can't do anything about it yeah yep i i like this next scene which is the i did too i did too and I think it was good. I put on here because it's a nice change of pace. So intense, so intense. You can't catch your breath. And then they finally have some really great scenes of dialogue, where they're they're talking. He's transcribing the letter. That yeah, was Caparzo's. Yeah, Giovanni Ribisi's doing that. Like Tom Sizemore and Tom Hanks are going back and forth, and they're laughing because they're ta- they're reminiscing about some other private that they knew, mm-hmm. what Vecchio or whatever. And just so it's it's humanizing them a little bit. Yeah. Is that that's what it's doing? And then you know, Oppum's trying to. Captain, where are you from? He was like, what's the pool up to? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, when it gets to 500, I'll, I'll let you know. We'll split it. Yeah, we'll split it. Yeah. Uh, taking the the hill, the machine gun nest. Just, again, just kind of one of those. And, and it was interesting. And I'd be interested to understand, like, did this actually happen as far as, well, especially for a mission like this, it's like the whole, the whole company was like, let's just skip it. Like, we don't need to do this. Like this is an unnecessary risk. This is not part. Our mission is to save this guy, not take this nest and save this guy. Let's just go around it and and. and well, be I think that's it. what's so great about this scene is that you've got this 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 turmoil and you and you and you there's real life consequences to this action and there would be also consequences. There's no right or wrong, and so you you get both people's perspectives both yep. before it happens and then also after it happens with the German soldier. Like, right. Do you kill him or not? Like what happens if he gets, you know, get, gets. Um, goes back into the army right yep the german army yeah so anyway a lot of conflict there and then just the the whole the ending the the, the not not like the preparing but like the ending the ending the yeah. ending the whole fight scene the whole fight scene okay so favorite scene from glory i'm i'm going with the whole starting with denzel all the way through getting uniforms i know it's not one scene i'm cheating but 
that whole in, that middle part of the movie uh i think is the best it's the best best well most well done and i'm gonna go with um hmm, i'm gonna go with a specific part of that yep. and say the not being paid because that was the like getting this getting the guns was great getting the shoes was great but like I think that's when he when he won over the men. It's like if you guys aren't going to get paid, then I'm not taking pay either. And then right. that's when they were like, "All right, we're going to do anything for this guy because he's going to do anything for us." And I, I think that's when they came together as like a, as a unit. Favorite scene from Saving Private Ryan? <sighs> SPR. SPR. No, yeah. Um, probably favorite. It's not really favorite, but probably most memorable is probably D Day. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the complete same, but for the last scene of the of the film, that entire ending with the bridge, also it's hard to say favorite, but it's so well done. Exactly, and you're just you're immersed exactly. in it, exactly, and you are so invested in every character at that point, and even at the beginning, at that part when Goldberg gets and when he gets hey. slowly stabbed, and I I I, I I had to look away. <laughs> I try not to watch that part. It's hard. It's a hard part of the film. I'll fast like if I can, I'll fast forward through it just because yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't need to see that. Then Oppum just sitting outside the door, well, and then the, and the German right just steps him. over him. Like there's just so so many. Things. Anyway, okay, whatever. Let's jump into some nerdy facts. Some nerdiest facts about both both films. So for Glory, the Civil War reenactors who took part in the film did so voluntarily and without pay. That's cool. That's yeah, real cool. I just wanted to get in there. Edward Zwick claimed that for the flogging scene, Denzel was lashed at full contact with a special whip that would not cut his back, but still stung. For the final take for the scene, Zwick hesitated to call cut to signal the flogging to stop, and the result was Den- was Washington's spontaneous tear down his cheek, which was awesome. That's a fucking good call to not cut, and uh, that, yeah. that wins Probably, Denzel. I was going to say, that's an Oscar the scene. The Oscar. That's where he wins the Oscars, <laughs> that fucking scene. Yep. Matthew Broderick claimed that the battle scenes didn't require much acting because he was genuinely afraid of the extremely loud explosions on set. I wouldn't. I probably would be too. It's yeah. startling. Yeah. <laughs> Very early in the movie, and I kind of I noticed this myself. Union soldiers were playing baseball. Cons- considerable. There's considerable. Considerable dispute remains about exactly when, where, and how the sport was invented. But the Civil War itself had a significant role in the sport's rapid growth. It became a popular pastime for soldiers on both sides of the Mason-Dixon line who spread it across the country. Yeah. Fog machines were used throughout the production to eradicate any signs of blue sky, and Zwick wanted the film to basically look as bleak as possible. It is. It definitely is overcast, essentially, the, the entire film. It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you kind of get that at the very beginning where he, he gets like shrapnel or whatever, and he... It's it's cloudier, and then you know he wakes up and it's sunny. Mm-hmm. You know, no battle, sun shining. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Robert Gould Shaw and Charles Fessenden Morse were the only two soldiers whose real names were used in the movie. Morse, however, was not part of the Fifty Fourth Massachusetts in real life. Cabot Forbes was based on Edward Needles Hallowell, who led the Fifty Fourth after Shaw died. So again, back to the base on true story. Take a little bit of liberties. The film was shot over a period of only ten weeks. That's that's incredible. That's just no fucking time at all. That's I mean that's that was movies in the eighties and nineties really just cranking them. More of the eighties and seventies, just knock that now out. Now they take like two years. People would be in like three movies in a year. It's like how are they doing? Well, because they only had a film for 
10 weeks or 11 weeks well, seven weeks well now now we're we're filming for like you know three months and then they're in post for like a year with right. all the effects and shit mm-hmm. uh in the attack on ah fort wagner fort yeah. wagner in the attack on fort wagner nearly half the regiment was killed wounded or captured for his bravery in the battle, Sergeant William H. Carney became the first African-American to earn the Medal of Honor, the nation's highest military award. It was finally given to him 37 years later. I mean, I guess better late than ever, but mm-hmm. um, pretty awesome, though, that he was the one to win that honor. All of the black characters are fictional, though some have suggested that Cyril's is based on one of Frederick Douglass's sons who served in the regiment. At the end of the film, Colonel Robert Gould Shaw's body is thrown into a mass grave with the black soldiers. Normally, officers were given formal burials, burials, but the Confederacy had such contempt for the black regiment that the officers were thrown in with the regular soldiers and no honors were rendered. And they say that too. They said if anyone, any person of this regiment, if you're black, you're going to be basically put back in slavery. And, and if you're white, you're going to be killed. essentially court-martialed or yep. hung or whatever. Yep. Finally, after the war, Shaw's parents visited the site of Fort Wagner in South Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina. When asked if they wished to have their son's body exhumed so they could take it home to Boston for, for burial, they declined. And this is their quote. We would not have his body removed from where it lies, surrounded by his brave and devoted soldiers. Pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. So let's talk about Saving Private Ryan. Nerd facts. Steven Spielberg cast Matt Damon as Private Ryan because he wanted an unknown actor with an all-American look. He did not know Damon, not know Damon would win an Oscar for Goodwill Hunting in 1997 and became an overnight star before the film was released. Yeah, I think I think that it had been it was filming. Yeah, because like this came when, out in '98 when Goodwill Hunting was yeah had yeah. just been released. So yeah. or even maybe before maybe it wasn't filmed before it came out. Mm-hmm. The two German soldiers who were, who are shot trying to surrender were speaking Czech. They were saying, please don't shoot me. I am not German. I am Czech. I didn't kill anyone. I am Czech. They were members of what the Germans called OST, or uh, East Battalions, men, which were mostly Czech and Polish, taken prisoner in Eastern European countries, invaded by Germany, and forced into the German army. And this happened a lot oh, during did. World War II, especially. Oh, yeah. It was basically either fight with us or Or, we will kill you. Or we're going to kill you, yeah. The Omaha Beach scene cost $11 million to shoot and involved up to 1,000 extras, some of whom were members of the Irish Army Reserve. Of those extras, 20 to 30 of them were amputees issued with prosthetic limbs to play soldiers who had their limbs blown off. That's That's some attention to detail. That really is. All the principal actors, except for Matt Damon, underwent several days of grueling Army training Damon was sparred so that the other actors would resent him and would convey that feeling in their performances. And you can tell they fucking hate him. They do not, they're not, I don't know if they really, they didn't really hate him, but I don't know how much they're acting there, but it is clear contempt. (laughs) And, and no, gotta love Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. In 2006, Tom Hanks was inducted into the U.S. Army's Ranger Hall of Fame as an honorary member, largely thanks to his portrayal of Captain John Miller, who he I mean, he says he's a ranger in the movie. Tom Hanks can do nothing wrong. Uh, no, he can't. When the camera shakes during explosions, Spielberg used drills attached to the side of the camera, which were turned on when required. While shooting with this effect, the crew's photographer let Spielberg know that there was a shaker lens for cameras. Spielberg said in an interview that he had thought he had invented a great new technique. <laughs> so it already existed, but he he put his own little spin. And like that's that's like the typical Spielberg and Lucas thing to do. Like just 
make shit up and be like, hey, not not, not claiming it for their own, but like getting really creative with how they're going to get certain shots. Right, right. Speaking of Spielberg, he's on record as saying that even if the film had received an NC-17 rating, he would have released it uncut anyway. I mean, I, there's moments after watching this again this a couple nights ago where I don't know how it didn't get that. I mean, with how, I mean, prude our country is with, with rating things i'm surprised that we didn't get a, it didn't get a higher rating but um finally billy bob thornton turned down the role of sergeant horvath who was tom size because he did not want to film the normandy beach scenes due to a phobia of water was this fat billy or skinny billy mm, i think it must have been fat it billy. would be in between fat and skinny because like this is like wyatt earp time where he was big billy yeah well, that's right? early 90s well, it was this five later. years later, so he's maybe transitioning into Skilly Billy. Is this when he's with uh, what's her name? Angelina. Angelina. Might I, be. I have no idea. I, I don't. Well, I don't keep track of this. He's shit. afraid of water. That worked out though because Tom Sizemore is. He's great. He's he a was... gift in this film. <laughs> he's a gift. <laughs> he's fucking. I mean, just the scene when he gets shot in the ass and he just fucking throws his helmet. <laughs> Son like, of a bitch. That that alone just. That, I mean, I don't know if he was. I don't know why he wasn't nominated for. Quite frankly, <laughs> I mean, he is believable as he his. Should. He should have been. You shoot me for leaving? No, I'm going to shoot you because I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next category. This is a new one. The Heath Ledger Award for Scene Stealing. I thought, what an appropriate person to be recognized as. I mean, that dude stole some scenes, especially in Dark Knight. Especially in 10 Things I Hate About You. Ooh, he's good in that one, too. Right, listen, I love Heath Ledger. R.I.P. All right, Glory. Denzel. I only have two here. And if you have more, please add them. But I only came up with Denzel and Morgan Freeman. And I could, I would, you know what? Carrie Elway is pretty freaking great in this film. Also, he kind of, when he's on screen, I would, I would argue he kind of takes over Matthew Broderick a little bit. That's one reason why I'm saying that. But when Denzel and Morgan are on, on and Morgan Freeman are on the, uh, on, on screen, they're, they're on screen. I, I agree. It's, it's one of those two. I'd go with Denzel. <sighs> yeah, he did, he did win the Academy Award. You kind of have to give it to Denzel. Okay, Denzel. Saving Private Ryan. I got down. I only had one name on here. I put another one. And then on you there. put another one on there. Tom Sizemore was my name, and you put down Barry Pepper. I put down Barry Pepper just because, again, rewatching, I was like, he, like, I mean, he's, when he's, when he's in a scene, like, he's in the scene. Like, yeah. he's the focal point. He's really intense. Yeah. He played the role really well. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's, it's pretty Tom Sizemore. But, at like, time, I, yeah. I just wanted to put someone else that at least thought we should consider and someone who also did a really good job in the role right okay tom sizemore and denzel congratulations heath ledger award for scene stealing first first time new category again calling this one the peak of the mountain and this is basically if we're looking at these these people in the films and i i really just kind of stuck with actors the main cast for the most part but we could maybe work in some directors and things like that later on but mm-hmm. what peak of the mountain base is, is this their best role is is this is this also maybe what launched their career? That could also be a part of it. Best role launched their career. So I'm just gonna go through a list, and you can say yay or nay, and if right. we we can argue if we want. Broderick. No. Nay. Right. That's that's Ferris Bueller. Denzel. Well, Ferris Bueller was before this. That's when, what I'm saying. That was his peak. Yeah. I'm thinking that's his peak. Yeah. Denzel. No. I don't think so either. Even though he did win the Academy Award, he won it again hey, later on. Yeah. It was different. Again, one, supporting versus that main actor. Longevity. The guy's still putting out movies, and they're still awesome. Yeah. And he's still awesome in them. Harry Elways. Yeah, it's pretty close. I I still think it's got to be Princess Bride. 
I kind of honestly, I'm I'm, I'm be honest with you. I forgot he was in this movie, and that's why I'm saying no. <laughs> Until I started watching, I'm like, oh yeah, he is in this movie. That's right. Didn't forget Morgan Freeman was in this movie. What do you think? Is this, uh, is this his peak? No. Shawshank, right? Yeah. Okay. Shawshank or Seven? No one's peak. Seven. Oh, that's pretty good. All right, Saving Private Ryan. So, do you want you want to say it to me? Tom Hanks. Um, I I am gonna say. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say no because Tom Hanks has no peak. Okay, well, he's got a lot of different peaks. No valleys. It's just a constant. It's just it's like, a, it's like the stock market. <laughs> it's just constant. Uh, okay. So, what do you think? It's probably bosom buddies. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, you're probably saying Forrest Gump, right? Get out of here. I mean, probably not. I mean, I would honestly, I'd have to look at his filmography because he's again, he's been in a ton of shit. I'm going on record. It is for me. All right. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. You're wrong. <laughs> All right. Ne- All right. Next one. Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. I'm going to say Heat for Tom Sizemore. Yes. I just rewatched that last week. Mm-hmm. I can't. I came home from work and it was on and it sucked me in. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, I forgot how good this was. Eddie Burns. So I think for acting, the answer is yes. I agree. I think for movie making, because now he's like a writer director. He's a yeah. He's he a, does a lot of. He's stuff. a big director. He now. did this really cool series called Making of the Mob. New York and Chicago. Okay, I think fantastic. I think I've heard of that. He's really good. I agree with that. Barry Pepper. Uh, I'm gonna say no. I think 61. You think 61? Okay, but it's close. It's close. I would say yes. Adam Goldberg. I think yes. I don't. I don't know that he's in a lot of other things acting except for like small bit roles. But he's also done the same thing as Eddie Burns, where he's kind of behind the scenes now. Yeah, I only remember him like he was in this, and then he was in Entourage. Mm-hmm. Right. Vin Diesel. No. No. I think he's he's kind of in it right now somehow with Fast and the Furious. He's kind of in it, yeah. Giovanna Ribisi. Yeah, um, maybe, but I actually think I know him best for friends. I didn't even mention friends before. I mean, he's Phoebe's brother. I, I'm gonna say no. I'm. Gonna, I think it's no. I you know what. Yeah, I'm saying no. I'm gonna say no. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Davies. I think probably no as well. Because Lost is his. Lost is his thing for me. Was he in like a lot? Was he like a main character? Been lost in the later seasons. Okay, later seasons. She's like one of the main scientists. All right, this next category: Did we learn anything? So in Glory, I think we learned that Denzel Washington is a fucking force to be reckoned with, and is about to be one of the best actors of our time. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we learned. Yeah, I think that's about any. That's about all we learned. Yeah, well, I mean, we learned a lot about the, the company and the history, but as far as just I impact guess, to movies. That's yeah, we're if we're if we're talking, if that's what we're limiting it to, then yes, that's that's what we learned. Yeah, um, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, you know, a big thing I think was learned here is this is a real masterclass in just war films. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I noticed for the first time, I mean, just because I'm paying attention to this stuff now, the misdirection and the constant screen face shots of Tom Hanks throughout the movie, mm-hmm. complete and done to misdirect you to not realize the person at the beginning and the end is Matt Damon. Like, he's the one who survived, Ryan. Is oh, no, no, yeah, I know. Yeah, because even, like, when we were re-watching this, Mega was like, so, what is it? I was like, no, that's not him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Very well done by old Spielberg. He's got a career in this movie thing, I think. Yeah, he's, he's, he, he's an up-and-comer. Something else I learned is that I cry a lot when I'm watching this film. Really? It got me, and it got me in weird spots. Like not like it, it's a very emotional. I got I got more. I actually got more uh, emotional, I guess, when when he's when his hand is shaking, 
And I'm like, oh, God, I just felt so bad for Tom Hanks. Just because of the stress? Yeah, the, the part when he's... And he's I mean, he it shakes a lot. I know. But it, it's it's later on in the film, and it's when he's, like, talking... It's it's the part where he's basically telling everyone about his 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 job and telling stories about home. And, and I don't know. It just got, got me at the end, too. Sorry. That's, that's what I learned. <laughs> I'm an emotional person. I, 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 did, I did not cry, or it was even on the verge of tears. Full-blooded. It's not to say thoughts. that I won't cry at films, but just this is kind of an odd film to cry at. I, I think you're odd for not crying in I this think. movie. Jesus, it's a fucking emotional roller coaster, you cyborg. <laughs> Inner nerd thoughts <laughs> for glory. Whoever thought I want? I need to go back to this again. I mentioned it earlier, but I want to reiterate it, and I really want to harp on it. <laughs> Whoever thought that marching with drums and trumpets was an effective way to fight? Well, they didn't, I mean, they weren't fighting with them. Like when they were doing the siege on Fort Wagner, like they marched up to it and then they were like, all right. Yeah, to, but there's, um, what I'm saying go is to the back. you look like a, the American Revolution, you look at a bunch of old wars back then, they would have drummers and people like right behind them playing cadence. And that's yeah. why it's four for cadence. I understand that. But then they just stand in a straight line. I don't understand. And they that's shoot just, and then they wait for the other side to shoot that was and then the, they shoot back again. And then it's like. That was the strategy, man. I don't. It's a civilized way to fight, and I think it's dumb. Well, and then it, and then, you know, if you've done any research on World War One, that 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 is when everything changed, like the 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 glory of war and the romanticizing of war. World War One changed it all because the technology changed, yeah. and we could kill each other on an unprecedented scale. Has Morgan Freeman ever not played just a good dude? I would have to. I'll, I'll spoil it for you. The answer is no. I, I went would, through like his whole list. I was just going to say, did you look at? I could not find it? one. I could not find one. I haven't now. Admittedly, I haven't seen everything that he's done, but most things, he's not. He's just a good person. He even plays God at one point. That's how good he is. Well, like, was it Lean on Me? He's he is kind of a prick. He's a badass. He's not. He's I not mean, a prick. It, it, I he's hard nosed. He's it's for, but it's for it's for a good cause. Yes, but he's kind of an asshole in that whole movie. Mm-hmm. I would agree, disagree. All right, whatever. I get what you mean. Okay, he, he does. He has. A, he draws a hard line. But it's. But it's. But but again, it's for a good cause. Yes. Like he's right. he's only hard on them because he has to be hard on them because he's trying to make them better. So again, still hard of gold. He's All a right. softy. <laughs> All right, saving Private Ryan some questions here. And I, I think the first couple are mine, and then you can guess some more. Who is the biggest badass in this movie, of, of like, the main party? Barry Pepper. I would agree. All right, well. <laughs> the sniper. That was easy. Barry Pepper, he is the biggest badass. He is the biggest I badass. I just wrote Tom Sizemore again here. Because uh, Tom Sizemore was great. Just because I think we need to say his name one more time, because he's so fucking good in this movie. Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. Just, I mean, all right. So thoughts on this mission? This is this is a real. We don't have to go super deep into this. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but it is worth mentioning. Is one man worth eight men's lives? Traditionally, no. I don't know the answer to this question. There I is there is there well there is no answer to this question. Yeah, like there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer because if it's if it's your brother, if it's your dad, if it's your son, then the answer is yes. But if it's if if your brother, your dad's son, or one of the eight going after him then it's no. Right. Well, and the same thing with the hill, too. 
and, and that's almost like a microcosm of the entire film. Well, it is because it's well. What are we gonna do if we skip it? Well, are we just gonna let them, you know, let let the next company come by mm-hmm. ambush them? No, mm-hmm. we're not gonna let them do that because if we don't take care of this now, they're just gonna kill more of our people. Right. Okay. I thought this. There's no <laughs> way Paul Giamatti actually gets through boot camp, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I thought that when I saw him on screen, I'm like, this dude's not making through boot camp, mm. unless he's an officer or something. And he, I mean, I think he was. Right. But still, you have to go through boot camp. He went through boot camp a long time ago. You have to go through boot camp and then become an officer. Okay, now I think I know the answer to this question, but also it's worth mentioning. Why not just go around on the hill and then come up the backside? They got the machine gun shooting down this hill. Just go around and come back up. I think. Is it a rotating machine gun? Maybe. <clears throat> well, it's not a rotating machine gun, but it was a clearing. So it's like it'd be like a very long stretch to get around. Yes. Okay. Like if you were going to walk around it, then you might as well just go around it and skip it because like they were covered by forest. But then like once they got in, it was all just it was yeah. clear open field. So it's not like they could just go around it this way just a little bit because then they would just see them. Okay. So they would have to go very far out of their way to flank it. Is when they get to the bridge, isn't there? There's no one in charge. Can someone just not order Ryan to leave? Like, hey, I'm in charge. I'm your super, someone's got to be a superior officer. I think, and that was technically Miller well, that's was the highest question. ranking. How does he just fucking show up and take over? He was the highest ranking officer. Who's in charge? You are, sir. What? <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. So now, now he's now in, you know, he's in charge of this whole mission. Yeah. This whole bridge. Well, okay. and because the, the, he like and again you talked about the, like the Rommel scene where he's explaining it. He understood the importance of the bridge. He knew why it was important and why it was like. Because ultimately, it, the mission is to go home and win the war. Ultimately, the, and this is a small ultimately mission the, mission the mission is to win the war, and okay. he's like, "Shit, fucking kids, right? Like we have to defend this bridge." So just sticky bombs. I just want to say sticky bombs. <laughs> Get your socks off, man! Fucking badass. I mean, that was a really cool, cool thing to see. I've already mentioned the Adam Goldberg thing, but is there is there a worse death on screen though? Like, can you can think of in a different movie? I'd again, I'd have to think long and hard. But if if there is, I, I don't want to see that either. I mean, it's pretty brutal, and there's some brutal scenes, like some scenes, some, some throat cuts and things like that. But man, this was well, yeah. Throat cut scene in Godfather is pretty brutal mm-hmm. when he comes up or not. Oh, shoots him right in the neck. Right. Yeah. Oh, actually, and the throat cut scene earlier. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, there's one. What do you do if you're Ryan post-war rescue? Well, you live your life to the... You make it count. You earn this, you know, like Hank says on the bridge. Yeah. Earn this. And this is the one that I added uh, because that's... When I see movie, when I see movies like this, especially the... Like, really specifically the D-Day scene and, like, other scenes like this where you're, like, it's in Band of Brothers and stuff like that. It's almost like... How would we react if we were in that kind of situation? Like transporting yourself to be like, how, how, how did so- they, how did they you, do I'm, it? I'm soft. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, we're, I think we're all soft nowadays. I, 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 I would, mean, I, I admittedly would struggle. I would, I'd be, I'd have a hard time getting off that boat. Yeah. It's just like, and I guess that's what, when I, when I watch scenes like that, I find myself imagining like, like what, like how they were act, like what they actually went through and what it was actually like. And it's like, it's amazing. It's like, it, it boggles my mind where I'm just like, it, it really is. And incredible. then I, I mean, and I, then I think about it. It's like, what would like, would I be like, would I react like Miller? Like some of the people, it's like, get off the beach, get off the beach. And then, and then there's other people there and they're just, they're stuck and they're frozen. 
and they're just like there was that guy who was just like you know doing the rosary and the catholic thing and like he wasn't moving out the and that's all he was doing and there was mm-hmm. other guys that was just you know sitting there like panicking and crying it's like i guess you don't know unless you're actually put in that situation but it's just i mean i get uncomfortable when like i didn't bring my rain jacket when it starts raining on the golf course so like <laughs> i i mean i <laughs> i'm just saying i'm soft and it's incredible what these people did for us absolutely and that's kind of a good way i mean to and there's wrap it and, up i guess yeah there's a, there's a reason why they were considered and still called the greatest generation yeah all right nerdiest of the nerds glory or same private ryan should mention real quick some awards glory best supporting act actual awards not these are actual not, awards not, not, stu- awards. not stupid awards that we made up actual uh, awards let's, i don't know if it's stupid but they're not they're not all right nationally recognized awards not yet not yet best supporting actor denzel these are all oscars by the way Winner for Best Cinematography, and also won for Best Sound. And Saving Private Ryan won for Best Director, Cinematography, Sound, Editing, and Sound Effects. Well, Saving Private Ryan, I think, brings it home. But Glory is a pretty cool um, depiction of an amazing feat for the Civil War and for the Union. Yes. A little, a little slow though at the beginning, but it, it is slow. It's but slow but it, but it gets there. It definitely gets there. It does get there. Same private Ryan, not slow at the beginning. Does <laughs> not, does not slow down. Jumps. Yeah, it grabs your attention. All right. Well, there you have it. Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. A little bit of nerd outreach. First of all, let's do some thank yous and let's do a, a thank you to we'll, the middle. Well, well, let's hold on. Before we do that, though, we need to thank our, our boy Justin Seibel here for uh, all of our sound and video editing. He's saying no. Well, we're doing it anyway. Don't thank him. But fine, fine. We don't thank we we don't thank you. Rescinded. <laughs> but most importantly, go ahead and you say it, John. Well, thanks to the military. Thanks to everyone who everybody, serves. Everybody who serves, served. who has served, and everyone who gave, gave and, the ultimate sacrifice. Everybody who gave the ultimate sacrifice. We appreciate you. Yep. Um. Well, if you want to connect with us, you can hit us up on the email nerdisanewcoolpodcast at gmail dot com. Like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Nerd is a new cool podcast. You can also listen to us wherever podcasts are found, and you can watch us on our new YouTube channel, which can be found in the bios of all of our social medias. So, sorry, sorry for the way we look. Sorry. This is just how I look. I can't help it. All right. Next episode preview. We're going to do something on Father's Day. Yep. We're, trying to do, we're trying to get a little timely. Mm-hmm. It's, it's around the corner. We're going to do something on Father's Day and then attempt to find some Father's Day films. But a- after discussing it a little bit, we've got some ideas on some father-related It's going to be hard to narrow films. it down to just one or two, I guess. Oh, I already picked mine, so I'm, I'm good. All right. Well, until the happy Father's Day, happy Memorial Day, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>